take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. June 22nd, coming up soon. I'm going into Netflix. I'm going in with Kanye West, who I've never met. But for the last year, I've been working on a TV show, developing it for him. He's the executive producer. His cousin is a producer on it. Good kid, smart kid, nice kid. We got high-level people. David Nutter, genius director. Uh, He's on board to direct the pilot. There is no reason that on June 25th, I don't call or I don't get on this podcast and say, yo, I just sold a dope-ass 10-part series to Netflix. Like, that's just shit what should happen. The show is dope, but the irony of the whole thing is, number one, I've never met Kanye. In my life, listen, the way I work is I don't care if you are President Obama, all right? I don't care who you are. If we're in business together, we're going to want to meet at some point. We're going to want to talk at some point. You know what I mean? So here I am, busting my ass, fucking put this whole outline together, and I just have this weird feeling that come Netflix meeting, I'm going to go in there and it's going to be like, Kanye's just going to go, what up? Good to meet you. Let's make a good show. Uh, let's make a great show. I'm looking forward to all this music. Yo, you see my new shoes? Dope. You guys want to invest? Netflix, how about we do a shoe show? <laughs> I mean, this motherfucker could flip upside down and just give me a shoe show. And my point is, give me a call, bro. Holler at your boy. You know what I mean? Like, if I, if you're writing something for me and you're nobody, I'm going to at least call you once a week and go, how's it going? What are we writing about? What's the story? I don't even know if I tricked everybody. I mean, I got a contract with Warner Brothers. Kanye is signed on the dotted line right next to me. We're sharing credit. Where are you, bro? Give your boy a call. We got some mutual friends. You know what I mean? I know you were up at, I know you performed for Leo's birthday and talked his ear off at a Grammy party or wherever you were. I know. I know you're a good dude. People say behind the scenes you're not wild like that. But let's talk, buddy. Let's let's talk it out beforehand. You got time, I got time. I know your manager, bro. My friends are are your friends man are friends with your manager. We could all sit down before we go into Netflix just to get clear. That's how I work. I don't like to go surprise myself at a meeting. I'm prepared. I am coming in with this fucking show, and I'm going, our show is called The Label. It's Jerry Maguire meets straight out of Compton modern day. Dude gets fired from a record label, spirals out of control. He's grasping for branches on his downfall and his fall from grace. And what does he do? He signs the next kid coming out of Inglewood, California. That's right, an up-and-coming rapper named Marcus Sparks. Marcus comes with an entourage. Marcus comes with a crew. And he lives with a single mother who's a beautiful, smart, educated woman. And together, this is going to be the story of their rise to stardom and the landmines that get in front of them along the way. And that's where I'm going to kick this shit off. And if I was Netflix, I'd just buy it right then. But I hope I don't get to the point where I'm like, this is the story of a record executive who gets fired and on his and and he's about to sign this kid, Marcus Sparks from Englewood, and then Kanye jumps in and he's like, Fuck Englewood! He's from Southside Chicago. <laughs> and all of a sudden my whole shit's flipped upside down. I need to know that we're all good, homie. Not for nothing. 
obviously you don't know me at all, but before I was ever even in fucking comedy or writing or directing movies, I was in a rap group. I won a fucking amateur Grammy Award from the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences before I ever moved to Los Angeles. I fucking was in the studio with AMG and DJ Quick and fucking some legendary bad motherfucking gangster-ass producers in Inglewood or wherever the fuck that is on Crenshaw and 72nd South Central, wherever I was. My, I, I risked my life in this fucking, in that game. Believe me when I tell you. I was going to the liquor store. You know what I mean? Who the fuck? I got out of my car accidentally in a red sweatshirt and almost got killed one night because I was wearing the wrong color. I think that Warner Brothers is the best studio currently the, with the, the quality content that they put out. Yes, they have had, you know, a few missteps recently, but... If you're gonna misstep at a you know 150 million dollar Batman versus Superman budget, and people are gonna say, oh that that movie wasn't as successful as it should have been, yet it made 800 million dollars, that sounds like a pretty good mess up to me. So I think Warner Brothers is the best, and I think in terms I dream about Warner Brothers. That's a, those, I grew up watching Warner Brothers cartoons. I want to get a tattoo of the WB on my fucking shoulder. And then you're dealing with Netflix, who, yes... The other best place. They are, in terms of quality content, and they have a model for success going right now. And especially in television, quote-unquote television, because it's not even television, it's streaming internet, that their shows, they allow their creators to create. And they're, they're very known for doing something that is, you know... When you green when you green light one season, that's you know almost a minor miracle in today's uh, landscape of television. But they've been known to green light two seasons. I'm coming in with three seasons mapped out. I'm literally mapping out the seasons. Like the next time I see you, Jordy, you got to come over here with my shit printed out, please, because this is like a 16-page document. 22 pages. Is it 22 pages? I believe, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the document right now, and it's like, I've put so much work into this thing. And by the way, so has nobody. I was about to say somebody else. I'm thinking, who else has put work in like this? I mean, I've been reading it since the beginning and giving my feedback on it, but it's Everybody gives great feedback. I appreciate And by the way, even my guys, I got Gary Goldman, amazing director of television, obviously David Nutter, Emmy-winning director who is set to direct. His notes are golden. He understands story to the core. You know, Kanye's cousin Ricky, he's great with, with, with his insight into the world. It's all great. I'm just, I think I'm just frustrated from just like... You know, because I signed a deal where it's like an if-come deal. You know what I mean? So they don't pay you right away. They pay you when you sell it. You know, we just go in with basically saying Warner Brothers is going to finance half of it. So it's a, it's a, it's a low-risk or no-risk, high-reward scenario type of deal. And right. All that's there's only, right. I got no right. It's a no-risk deal on their behalf. Right. Low risk on their behalf. For me, it's you know my and you know what. My lawyer is the best, man, and I, I should have listened to him because when I was signing the deal, he was like, I don't like this deal for you. He's like, I don't like the way it's structured. Let me go back. I'm like, and I was getting nervous, and I was thinking that everyone was going to walk away, and I was like, no, let's just make it. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make a couple phone calls. He made a couple phone calls. He got my deal straight as hell, you know, proper. And 
I love him for that. But I should have probably even said no all the way up until if it doesn't go, I get paid. Because if it doesn't go, Kanye still gets he gets a chunk. You know what I mean? Like he has a deal where if he doesn't get if the show doesn't go, he gets a nice amount of money. I could have walked away from the deal if they didn't say yes to that, but I didn't choose to. My point is at some point you gotta go, what's my time and energy worth? And is it worth me busting my ass? on the possibility and potential of selling something. On my Detroit shit, that's my heart. That's my soul. I would write that as a book with for free. I don't give a f- I would write that all day long because that's just in me. And this is a world that I would write for free too. But there's so many people attached here. It's just, it's a ton of, it's just a ton of work, bro. To, you know. For the if come, possibility of. It's, it's such a strange scenario and I know that you deal with this I deal with it as well and it's something that I think that all artists deal with yeah we work for free a lot right and for, for the hopes that of selling something yes and also you know we inherently undervalue what we do because we're doing what we love whereas there are people out there who do what they hate and make a great living or they are just in an industry where it's just piles of money where you're making you know in one deal let's say real estate for example you make six figures on one deal some people don't make that in a lifetime right so in you're right you're very right you're very real you're 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 dead on with what you're saying and you know what my meant my i don't do that anymore with my writing because now if i'm hired to write a script now i know my i know my value I know where I, I know what I'm worth, so I don't take any less anymore, and I don't have any problem asking for money anymore. So that took a while to learn, for sure. That took a while to learn, for sure. Like even, you know, listen, on my last three movies, they're all independently financed, and it, they cost a lot of money for me to write. It, I charge people a lot of money. It's their money. It's not a studio's money, but I finally realized like. You want me to write something for you? This is what it costs. Does it sound like a lot of mo- like a lot of money to you? Sorry for that. This is what it costs for me to write. And I've been paid now by HBO, and I've been paid by Lionsgate. I've been paid by other you know real places. And so now I go. That's my street value too. You know what I mean? Right. If HBO pays me this for a half hour, I don't care if you're coming at me with a bag of money. It's got to be the same amount of money. And you know you start to realize like. I don't know, man. The money just flows. And like when I was a kid, I used to just look at it like, oh, my God, if I could sign a deal with HBO, that's like the mind. You know, that's the greatest thing on planet Earth. You know, and then you start to get into the deal. You go, you know, I could have maybe got an extra 10 grand out of them or you could, you know, I could get I could have got 10 grand less and taken a car with it on the side. Every deal is like negotiable, makeable, doable, flexible. It's It's very interesting. How many writers out there right now are at Starbucks or Coffee Bean around the city writing that spec drip, that spec script? Absolutely. That you know, for the hope and the dream of somebody's gonna pick it up, and, and you gotta do it. By the way, you gotta do that stuff. You have to do it. You gotta. There's no let's you know you got you got an idea. You gotta you you, you think you got a movie? Write the movie. It, and if it's dope, it'll get read. It'll get seen. It'll get heard. I believe that. When I wrote the Detroit pilot, I was talking about that idea for years. But it wasn't until I wrote the pilot 
that anything started moving till Rappaport read it, got it to Eminem, got it to Paul Rosenberg, got it to that camp, got it over to now it's Antoine Fuqua, knock on wood, he's going to meet with us. But I'm set, point is, and I swear to God, Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cavs, middle of the playoffs right now, shout out to the Cavs and Dan. But he financed my first movie, and when I met with him for the first time, I swear to God, I said to him, how'd you create all this? And he just simply picked up a blank piece of paper. This is like so poignant. He goes, you see this piece of paper right there, like right here? He's like, what's it worth, two cents? He's like, now draw something on it. Now it's, now it's got a little value. It's the same with anything else. Write something, make something, create, you create value. And he, it just like, I don't know if that made sense the way I just explained it, but basically a blank piece of paper ain't worth shit. But you put something on it, now it's worth something. It's, and, and put it out there and see what it's worth. You're building details off of a foundation. And, you know, that's where it's, it becomes, you know, it's not just enough to have an idea. You have Hell to have no. a fully flushed out idea. And, you know, there are particular, you know, some, some writers, directors, showrunners, creators, they get kind of carte blanche of you know because they've done enough in their careers that you know they they kind of get the benefit of the doubt oh this person knows what they're doing totally and then some of those guys big name dudes you see them getting fired you know you'll see a guy with a hit and then all of a sudden he's running a new show and then you read in the in the trades like so-and-so was let go you're like oh shit i thought he was good for life right it's a very fickle business right now and you know, there's a bubble that I think is is growing larger around entertainment right now, and I think that you know we're we're kind of we're in the middle of a paradigm shift where it used to be, you know, fifteen twenty years ago it was all films, you know that the and the films that were being made were being made for, you know, especially if they were studio films, they were being made between let's say five eight million dollars would be on the low end and then most likely in the you know the 20 to 30 million dollar range those type of projects don't exist as much anymore it's there's there used to be some some semblance of let's take a risk let's take a risk and hope it works out some of my the you know some of my favorite movies growing up if they were created today i don't think that they would even be distributed Right, you might not even get Blazing Saddles out to the world if you did it today. Probably not. You know what I mean? I mean, the greatest one of the greatest comedies of all time. You know, we come from two different generations, and I, you know, I appreciate where the the on demand world is going because I do think that, as we've spoken about before, giving power to the people to choose what content they get to consume. But you know, you look at films. Let's say, you know. Let's like a Billy Madison, right? Would that film even make it to theaters today? A Tommy Boy? I don't know. It seems like Sandler keeps making movies. But that was very. They keep making. Now he's on, now he's doing a Netflix movie. He's got a huge deal with Netflix now, and I think that he. Ted Sarandos, I, I heard, is from the comedy world somehow. He, I think he produced Vince Vaughn's Wild West comedy tour. I think he actually is like a comedy loving dude. I can't wait to meet him. I heard he's going to be in this meeting. On the 22nd, I feel like a, a, sl- like a, like a kinship coming. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. I think that there's just a, a, a shift in, in content. There's just there's too many outlets right now. There's way too many. It's like that old song, 57 channels and nothing's on. Or is it 37 channels or nine? How many is it? 57, 57 channels. Yeah, I got 57 channels and nothing's, and nothing's on. on. That's, that's, uh, that, that's dire straits. That's what we're dealing with, except now it's 500 channels and nothing's on. And 7,000 channels <laughs> and nothing's motherfucking you know on. What, you know what to me signifies the, that the, the, the industry is about to collapse on itself and content is the only thing that's going quality content's the only thing that's going to survive yeah it used to be that oh well i have one name recognition star that is in my movie and that's just not enough to get it out to theaters but okay i'm going to take my small movie and i'm going to go on demand now you know you'll be watching television and let's i have direct tv and there'll be a a, a commercial for a film that's got half a dozen movie stars in it that, you know, in the past, that movie 100% would be out in theaters. Now, that film that probably cost someone millions of dollars to make, most likely it was independently and probably picked up by uh, a distribution company that got it to on demand, but you're telling me that I've never heard of this movie, even though it's got six people who have who I like and respect with a director and a writer yeah. that I enjoy. It's it's a very strange time. I just want to keep believing, and I learned this from Dan. I want to keep believing that content's king, good quality comes through, cream rises to the top, create something good, people will see it. I just have to keep believing that. And I do believe that. I believe because I just believe it. I mean, I only watch what I... And listen, it's only my taste. What do I know? But I think I know something because I got some pretty heavy dudes coming at me to do work for them who I respect. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, don't you have to be... And this is for any creator. You have to be your own personal barometer. Like, you're the only one who can really judge the content. And especially with comedy... Isn't it that if you're making yourself laugh, doesn't that normally translate into other people laughing? 100%. I, ha- I truly think, I ha- and listen, what do I know? I only went and opened for Sebastian, eight shows, the Beacon Theater, 3,000 seats, sold out every night, crushing it. I think when I make myself laugh, which I've been doing since third grade or earlier, I think that's what's going to make other people laugh, and it always has. That's my barometer. That's what I go by. I believe a sense of humor. You are born with it. You got it or you don't. Simple as that. You either got a sense of humor or you don't. Somebody I worked with on a movie a while ago had a great sense of humor. Somebody else I worked with had zero sense of humor. People who don't have a sense of humor, they if they're self-aware, they know they don't have it. I, Aaron Paul was in my movie with Jeff Daniels that's going to come out later called Grounded. Aaron Paul straight up said to me, dude, I don't do comedy. I don't, I'm not funny. And he's not. 
and he's um, he's one of the greatest dramatic actors I've seen. I've never seen a guy who could, I mean, this dude goes as deep as anybody, but he doesn't have the sense of humor. Now you take somebody like Tobey Maguire, who can do drama like crazy, and it's, he has a fucking real sense of humor, and not a lot of people know that. I've known Tobey forever, but like people need to know he's funny as shit. Like he needs to do a comedy. Like Toby should do a comedy. He is truly funny, and he understands sarcasm to the like. He just is. He's super hilarious. Understands sarcasm. My whole point is, when you got a sense of humor, you want to work with other people with senses of humor, especially when they're your producers. You know what I mean? Like when they run your shit. So when we did the movie with Aaron Paul, the movie kind of started as a little bit of a dark comedy. But slowly but surely, the comedy got out of it. And that was a very, very frustrating thing to watch. Right. But I don't want to come out. I don't want to come out here today and complain. Uh, do I sound like I'm complaining? No. I, I don't want to be complaining. I don't want to be complaining. I, I came out on fire because... You came out hot. I came out hot. I For came sure. hot. I came hot because... I'll just be real. Our meeting with Warner Brothers was scheduled for Wednesday, and I'm on like the text chain with Kanye's cousin, and I say to him, I was like, "Yo, can I said I'll go to that meeting on Wednesday as long as I can meet with his my boy, his cousin before that, which today is Friday, so we got Saturday, Sunday. So I I, I texted, "Yo, Monday to meet works for me." He's like, "I'm good anytime. I just leave town Sunday to Tuesday." So I go, so Monday doesn't work. And then Tuesday you're back, and then Wednesday's the meeting. So I said, that doesn't work. So I just, I was a little frustrated at like the disorganized way things are going with that. I'm, that's, that's, you know, that's I want to tell, I want to tell WB, just like, we got this, bro. Like, well, I don't want to go have another practice pitch. I really don't. Do I have any right to say that? I mean,. There has Am I be acting like a spoiled person? Like, are people looking at this going, if I had the opportunity to go to pitch, I've already been in there seven times. We've already run this. Right. I mean... I don't know, man. If there's value of everyone getting on the same page and knowing this is the show that we're making from, you know, from this point until we call cut on the end of shooting of season one... Or even for you know the when all the post production is done, you know a, a little bit can go a long way later. You know if you sacrifice a little bit now to make sure that everyone's on the same page before you dive too deep into the pool. Because you're right. The you don't the thing about and and you know this uh, from you know our making of films together that there's just. It's almost impossible to correct everything on the fly. There, you know, it, it's almost as though it really is war. The strategy that's involved going into the battle of totally. the actual physical production, everything needs to be sorted out beforehand. Totally. So any misgivings that you're having about anything needs to be addressed before things go. Because otherwise, you're just going to be looking back and saying, I wish I had done things differently because I could have avoided these headaches. Now, 
everybody else doesn't have to be as organized as you, or they can just be having fun because they're not the ones who have connected every single dot of this story. They're not the ones who have stressed over all of the character nuances and the arcs that go episode to episode, season to season. That's on you. This whole thing makes you want to get back in the ring and start boxing. I have to beat up somebody. I think Kanye's cousin is like a uh, athlete. I wonder if he wants to spar. <laughs> He's an athlete. Um, yeah, man. That's what the frustrating thing is, is that I put so much fucking blood, sweat, and tears into this thing, connecting it. I just, why isn't everybody just going, yeah, Mike, when do you want to meet? When We'll meet when you're right, like when you can meet. Why? I don't understand. But that's why maybe, that's why maybe I've been known to be unmanageable. Haven't you told me before? I was told that I was sort of unmanageable. Haven't you told me that the writer is the lowest rung on the totem pole? How fucking crazy is that? That Writers are looked at. We are looked at. And by the way, writing writers, we're the most gangster of all you motherfuckers. Writers are the gangsters of this whole thing. Nothing gets done without, without, without the script, without the work. And people who think they can write, you can't. You can't. You know if you're doing it. You know if you're not. But trust me, nothing gets done. Yet somehow, we're the ones that just get fucking treated like, yeah, we'll get another writer on board. Just get another writer. We're like a washing, like we're like a car wash. You know what I mean? Just like, let them take one run through. I'll get another guy. I'll take another run through. You know, it just is what it is. It's because it's imagination equity. Right, they can't believe they got to pay me for my imagination. Guess what, bro? Sorry, you don't have an imagination, all right? I was born with a weird imagination. I'm sorry. I used to line up fucking army men and shoot them down with rubber bands. And That's what I do. It's, it's an art form that is not tangible to a lot, let's say, producers. Because the producers... Some producers. You look at a guy like, uh, like, like the Weinsteins, you read about them and you go, wow... Harvey Weinstein is incredibly well-read. This isn't just a guy who bulldozes his way brainlessly through anything. This dude fucking, I read a story where he was like, had some kind of like scarlet fever, literally like as a kid, and devoured every great classic novel. So he was well-read, and that's why he's able to come into some of his projects and just go, oh no, fix that, fix that, tweak that, do that. That's a dude that you listen to, to me. That's a guy you listen to. I agree. There's there, and, and by the way, boom, I'll drop another name. Scott Stuber, head of Universal. Me and him were partners on my HBO thing. Scott Stuber, same thing. Guy would give me a note. I'm like, wow, that's better than what I came up with. Like, I love having a dude that's fucking smarter than me and like saw something in my script that I didn't see. He can tell a story. He is, that's why he's the head of Universal. You know what I mean? storytelling, we're in the business of storytelling. So you would think that most of the producers who want to go do this business would be storytellers. And some are, and some aren't. Some don't give a fuck. Some are like, find me this actor, I go sell him 20 different countries, I make 10 million, goodbye. Make sure something blows up. You know what I mean? Right. There's some dudes that are just like that. They don't give a fuck. It's, it's, it's a very... Uh, precarious spot 
of entertainment currently because there's this this overlying sense of fear fear of executives not wanting to lose their jobs totally for doing these motherfuckers are praying they don't lose their job and it's it's just you know because these even the biggest studios you know they're not independent anymore they're owned by major conglomerates it's all about the bottom line we're just all selling candy bars coca-cola coca-cola snickers like that's what it is and that's not these motherfuckers that just look at numbers by the way all you analytics shit you could kiss my ass with that fucking racket that's a racket i agree you know what i mean that's a racket all you fucking analytic companies I know that this guy sits down for eight minutes at one o'clock in the afternoon, but at midnight, he's going to sit for two straight hours. So let's put this potato chip ad on the, on the, at the midnight hour when he's there and he can go, but it's all fucking bullshit. It's a racket. It's when we did my man as a loser, the dude that one of the guys that put money in, he owns a company that gets paid huge money to do analytics for huge companies. And he's like, this movie is going to have the most impressions of the internet that internet's ever seen. I'm like, and I, so when the movie came out, you know who, you know who got attention? Michael Rappaport when he went on Howard Stern. <clears throat> John Stamos when he went on Extra. Stamos when he went on Fallon, when he went on every talk show and talked about our movie. That did more than all the fucking, we had 50 billion impressions. What are you talking about? What does that mean? It's a strange. I opened up Facebook. World. I saw the movie. It didn't make. It's my own movie. I didn't want to see it. Yeah, when I saw it the on trailer Facebook. had a million plus hits on YouTube. Million plus? Is that a lot? That's, I don't know. That's a lot of hits. Yeah, we had a huge trailer on YouTube. But you know what? People went and saw. People started watching it when they saw Stamos on television, and they heard Rappaport on Stern, and they had a tactile feel for what was happening. There's a disconnect out here in this analytical social media world. There's a disconnect, you know? I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I told you, I'm driving in my car, and the great DJ comes on. He's like, check out this new hip-hop song by great rapper, blah, blah, blah. He's got seven and a half million hits on YouTube. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, this guy must be dope. Here he comes, hits his shit, music plays, song comes on. My first thought into the verse one No wonder he's only big on the internet. Right. Jay-Z wouldn't even have this dude open for him. Cream rises to the top. Everybody else can eat a dick. You have to believe that. And that's why quality always shines through. And the thing is, look, if you're truly afraid of losing your job because you greenlit a project that you believed in, then you should probably find a different company to work for. 100%. 100%. Why do you work for that company if you can't make what you think? Yo, I love that you're saying this. I love that you're saying because now things are making sense to me. Because I wasn't even like, I actually wasn't even going that high up the ladder. And I'm thinking of like the couple projects that I'm like, I'm working with a couple high profile dudes right now. And now I'm thinking if I'm the executive at a company that signs a deal with this dude who's high profile and we don't make it fly. I could. I'm scared now that I'm gonna potentially lose my job. So I'm gonna go hassle the the writer and drive him like a dog and make sure he has everything I want. But then that person doesn't even have a sense of what we're doing. Or, you know, it's a stall tactic. 
it's a stall tactic to make sure that this project doesn't get off the ground or that this project is, you know, childproofed, so to speak. You know, when you have a kid and you have to cover all the electric sockets and, you know, basically looking out for the singular instead of looking out for the masses. Because here's the bottom line in my interpretation of why of any industry I could have gotten into, I wanted to get into entertainment, was because entertainment reaches the masses. Entertainment reaches on a worldwide scale. And this is a big reason as to why we started doing this podcast, because this is the most freeing expression of artistic sensibilities that you can find. I love that. It, it I is. I love this shit. That's where we're at currently. And look, there is a changing of the guard currently going on, and it's probably going to take three to five years to really take effect, but all these people who are, say, afraid to lose their jobs or, you know, oh, I'm not going to green like this because it might offend a couple of people. No, I can't take that risk. Those people are going to either lose their jobs, retire, their company is going to get sold, and then they're going to be the ones that are going to be regretting that they didn't take a chance, that they didn't do something great. But I'll tell you what, those who create the content are always going to find a place for the content. There's now more places than ever to put your content, which we... You know, we said that isn't the best thing right now, but that's because there's not enough quality content going on. And this project that you have going on with Kanye West, one of the best content creators going right now. Love Sickest, him or hate him. Dopest fucking I music maker in the game right now. Say what you want. The dude is ill, and I'm so happy to be even in his circle with that talent. Kanye West. I wish you'd call me. Warner Brothers, Netflix, Mike Young. Well, that's true too. Some other shit, I'm just saying. But I'm saying for the purposes of this particular project, you know, I think that this... I should run the whole pitch to the audience so they could hear what a pitch sounds like, but I don't have time to do that. The stars are aligning on this project, in my opinion, And I think that a lot of people out there, the stars are aligning for your projects too because most television shows are canceled. Most television shows don't even get one season. Now, you know, I think there's about to be a complete and total revolution. I feel it coming. I feel like I'm going to have to move out of this apartment soon. The bubble's going to burst. I mean, it's just, it's, you can't live off of $200 million movies forever because people are going to get it's just it's it's complete and total oversaturation 100% now where you come from and why i think that there's going to be a tremendous amount of success for this project and a multitude of projects that that are involved with your name is that you have what the masses truly want they want escape escapism First and foremost, which is why some of these big-time horror movies still get made and make a ton of money because people – you can't think about things if you're afraid you're going to piss your pants. But 
in in terms of escapism to comedy where you can just lock in for 30 minutes, not think about anything else. Don't look at your phone. 60 minutes. Turn your phone over. Turn it on silent. Turn it off. 90 minutes of I'm sitting here and I'm watching this project and I'm happy to be doing that and not doing anything else. That's where we've come to as a society. Yep. Everyone, we're in this generation, This and I put, I put everybody in this category, young, middle-aged, elderly. Everyone is looking for the self-fulfilling gratification of your own life. This is the greatest of all time. They're not looking to hit a single or a double. They're looking to hit a grand slam, but you can't hit a grand slam if there's nobody on base. Seinfeld would have been canceled after five episodes if the executives had their way. Let the creators create. And no that's shit. where it's coming to. I want to start building a camp too, like a camp of like a crew. You know what I mean? Like we have it, we kind of have it, but like a crew that like we meet every Friday. We have like a, a talk, like who's got what? What do you got? What do you got? I got this shit over here. What do you got? I got this guy. You know who you got a money guy? Let's get a money guy. You know what I mean? Like, like a network meeting. It's like, a collective. A collective, you know? And people do that. I heard Sandler used to do that. I brought it up to Toby back in the day. I was like, yo, we have the, like the most talented friends. Why don't we meet every week and see what's going on? Of course, he was already Spider-Man, and I was doing open mics for $9 <laughs> at the comedy store. Right. I was just looking for a job. But point being, you know, put some minds together and let's sit down. Let's, let's meet every week on some shit, I you know? That's where my head's at. My head is in the same place because... We have an opportunity that with a little bit of attention to detail to create things that will last a lifetime. People, Everyone wants to say, this is the funniest show of all time. This is the best game of all time. This place has the best steak of all time. The thing is that people say that, but then it, it becomes fleeting, and they forget that they said it. Mm-hmm. Bring back the quality. Quality, 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 quality. Let's just do quality shit. That's all. I got all great. Listen, and by the way, there's people so much smarter than me, and I love it. But, like, I just I try to keep all the best books around me. I try to keep the, my favorite authors, the Philip Roths. You know what I mean? I got, I got Lolita in the bathroom. You know what I mean? I would kick it with this girl. She's like, why is Lolita on the floor <laughs> of your bathroom? I'm like, Nabokov. Guy's amazing. You stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, everybody. Just let me, let me, just give me a call, Kanye. I'm excited to work with you, bro. I hope we do this together because I've busted my ass. And what I know above everything, forget all the work I put in, it's just a dope show and it deserves to be made. So that's all I care about. Hopefully, you know, this rant didn't put you off. I'm not complaining. I'm just venting. And I love what I do. I truly do feel blessed. I love that I get to go into a coffee shop for hours, write a script. And what, And I truly feel like my purpose is entertain. Just make great shit. Entertain people. And That's all. This I'm here for that. That's all I want to do. Whether it's on stage or writing some shit. I just love doing that. I love... I feel... My favorite thing, this sounds so weird... But my favorite thing is to start writing in the morning 
And I look up and it's three hours later and I don't even know where the time went. And I just knocked out what my goals for writing for that day were. That feels good to me. I can go on with my day and smile. This is a story that needs to be told. It's a moment in time that for good, bad, or indifferent, this is what's going on presently. Right now. Everyone thinks that things just appear. That's not how it works. It's all built on the backs of hardworking, down-to-earth creators. Yo, Seinfeld used to say that. He's like, why shouldn't I work eight hours? People would be like, what's your method? Would you just get up and only work 20 minutes? He's like, he's like, if a construction worker works eight hours a day, why shouldn't I? So that's the mentality I'm trying to live with, and hopefully it's starting to come through. And uh, that's it. we got to wrap up right now because I'm actually going to sit with another high-level dude. I'm going to sit with Bob Saget because I'm developing a TV show with Bob, a half-hour comedy. So we're going to go sit and have a very funny lunch, and it'll probably bleed into dinner, and hopefully I don't drink. Nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by accident. That's what we're saying. Everyone's like, everything happens for a reason. Nothing happens for a reason. (laughs) Nothing happens for a reason. Things happen when you put in work. That's it. Everything happens for a reason. You got to be lucky. I don't believe in any of that. If you put in work, you get lucky. That's it. Stories that need to be told, find us. Mike Young, find me at Real Mike Young. Jordy Winter sitting next to me, my producer, sidekick, kicking it. And uh, that's it. 